Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I have the privilege of speaking to the proprietor and pitmaster of The Smoking Swine. Please welcome Drew Pumphrey. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. So I want to get into the swine. No, I'm, <laughs> I, 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 want to, I want to get into the, the vital stats. Um, and, and in that, um, d- describe your background, your, your food, um, things like that, and kind of any training or anything along those lines that you had, because I don't know what that looks like in that pit mask capacity. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was a lot of white, you know, coats like your chef whites or anything, but yeah, give us the rundown. To be completely honest with you, man, I, I don't have much of a culinary background. Um, not professionally anyway. Uh, you know, I'm a big boy, so, you know, I like to cook. I like to eat the whole thing. Um, but yeah, like prior to opening my own business, um, my actual kitchen experience in like a real legitimate kitchen, not like, you know, when you're 15 working Burger King, but uh, it, it was limited to about two weeks um, of experience over 10, over 10 years before I started the truck. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it was a little crazy. Um, but yeah, I just, it's just one of those things where you, the reason that I am where I am is if you hate a job that you have enough and you get to a point low enough to where you don't care if you lose everything, you can take really awesome and fun risks. So I was just like, you know what? I, I, I looked at it. I looked at it through the lens of, uh, older people that came before me. Um, and not just barbecue people like, um, when, when I say that, I mean, like people that own a corner store or people that own a drug store, you know, like, like think about all these delis in New York or New Jersey or even in Baltimore Mm -hmm. that somebody opened it and they didn't know jack shit about, you know, about, they didn't have a focus group. They didn't have the culinary Institute of America. They just knew what they were doing. Yeah. And they put their shingle out and it just worked. So yeah, my training is like zero to be honest with you. Like a lot of YouTube university, um, a lot of late night calls to Franklin barbecue, like back in the day when Franklin, like Aaron Franklin was actually working there Mm -hmm. and like me being like, Hey, uh, I called last week about a brisket I'm cooking. Right. And, (laughs) And you know, just getting advice. Um, luckily it's a very, uh, inclusionary, um, society that we have in barbecue so people it's not it's not competitive i don't think really at all everybody wants to see everybody else do well so so almost there's a an ed newmeyer of barbecue (laughs) kind of approach there it's like i hate my job i'm gonna write robocop i i don't like this job let me barbecue well it was it was you know and and i've been deeply affected by the works of mike judge um when i first moved to fells point i didn't have cable and i had a house that was run for it but i had a vcr and i had the the videotape for office space so i hooked the vcr into the cable system for the whole house (laughs) so every tv would have whatever was in the vcr so like if you're having a lady friend over at night she's not going to notice that you're poor as hell she's just like oh man you're watching office you know Wow, every row. Great. This is amazing. It's like integrated, man. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, this is like the theatrical version. What channel is this? Uh, Channel Betamax. (laughs) Exactly. So, but I was exposed to that show like on a a, literally on a constant loop for a year. Mm -hmm. And it kind of spoke to me because I worked, I worked in engineering. Mm -hmm. Like I worked in civil engineering for years. I was a surveyor. I was an engineer's assistant, um, designer. And 
it was the same thing Peter Griffin was, or not Peter Griffin, but it was, it was the same thing that Peter was in that movie. Yeah. Um, and he just hated it. And I felt the same way. Yeah. It was just like, it just isn't me. I mean, I looked like this when I was an engineer, I had tattooed hands yeah. and, you know, tattoos creeping out of the collar line and stuff. Yeah. And I just didn't fit in. I could do the work. I could do all that stuff, but it just didn't, it, it didn't resonate with me in a way like, like food did. And, uh, you know, when you get to a point where you just don't care, mm-hmm. you're like, man, like, okay, like I lost my job and I had to pick up this crappy job at Sears yeah. because the housing market tanked and they treat me like an animal there. Yeah. Like it's literally the worst job I've ever had in my life. So I didn't care. So that's, that's almost that, uh, that, that fuel. Like I think when, I think there's a few different fuels that we have, right? We have premium and let it no, we, ha- we have being, being mad about whatever you're doing or just being like despondent. Like I'm not interested in this. I don't care about this. And I think in either of the fuels, whatever those motivations may be, they're enough to say, you know what? You might want to look elsewhere. You might want to look into something else, like go after your passion and, 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 and take that leap. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and one of the biggest things that gave me the push to, to really do it. I'm, I'm one of those people that I talk things into existence. Like in, in a lot of people, there's, it's a very, I feel like there's very few of those people out there in the world. Um, I feel like people don't get me with it. They think that I'm bullshitting and that I'm like just blowing hot air and stuff. And I'm like, no, like I'm talking about this because I want it to materialize. I want it to be in my head, something that cannot not happen. You know, you talk about it so much that you almost will it into being. And um, I was in that kind of stage and I had a good friend um, at the time that was helping me out. Um, But I came to find out that like, literally as soon as I turned my back, he was like, ah, oh, he's going to fail. Yeah. He's going to, he's, he's, he shouldn't be doing it. And he's telling this to like my peers, like my other friends, yeah. you know? And it was just like, at that point I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to let it take its course. And then as soon as I heard that, I was like, man, like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm dropping the hammer. I'm going to make this plan happen now. Yeah. You know, I call up every resource I had and I made it happen within like six weeks of that whole conversation. And like my, my motor for a very, very long time ran literally mm-hmm. on spite alone. <laughs> that was like an alcohol fueled drag car. Um, oh, yeah. Just getting shit done and kicking ass. Now I'm a little more of a plug-in hybrid (laughs) (laughs) kind of cruising. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I run into that on occasion where it's this, uh, it's almost a spot where you're trying to justify where you fit sometimes or you you may not have to, but you may feel that for whatever reason, like, am I an artist? Do I deserve to be in the scene? Do I deserve to be talking to some of the people that I talk to? And when I'm at my, my max, I'm like, hell yeah, dude, I'm me. And then when I'm at not my max, it's like, ah, I got to really draw from this energy. Let me listen to an old episode to tell how good I was to come back to this new one. Yeah. I mean, you certainly can find yourself wading into deep water sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you maybe find yourself out there and forget how to swim yeah. from time to time. 
You know, it's and it's and it's hard, especially for um, for creatives, yeah. for people like you and myself, like, you know, like I, I don't do a, you know, a public podcast. But if you ever come to see me at my restaurant or on my food truck, it's I've always told people it's dinner and a show. Yeah. Like you can make millions off of taping me and putting it on, you know, on YouTube or something just because it's, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's my responsibility to entertain and make people feel at home and comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll, and I'll do it any way I can, you know, I'll self-deprecate. I'll make fun of the next guy in line. <laughs> I'll do, you know, like I'll, whatever it takes to make the person feel like they're welcome yeah. because I know what I look like. Mm-hmm. I know the image that I present and it's not very approachable. You know, it's, you know, if you run into me out in the world, then yes, like I will, give you a bear hug and you know, we'll be best friends by the end of the conversation, yeah, yeah. but getting people to initiate the conversation is a hard part. So. Uh, as a six foot four, 310 pound black man, I know what you mean. Uh, so real quick, cause I, I, I think we, I, I kind of skipped over it uh, in, in a sentence and it made it, and it may be a challenge. Give the fine folks who are uninitiated, undipped, what your food is, what your food's about. We, we've touched on it being barbecue, but I, I know everyone has a description. It's like, this is low and slow, blah, blah, blah. But give us that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine, I mean, mine is a regional celebration of American traditional barbecue. Um, it's a celebration of the culture behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a an open door into the person that I am. Uh, I don't focus on any one specific thing. I mean, I do, I think I do some things better than others, but everything, I do everything well, um, that I, that I put out there for people to consume. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really just, um, about sending that message of inclusivity and letting people know that this is for everybody. Like there's nobody that's not welcome at my table as long as you're cool and you can, you know, and I don't mean cool as in, in the sense of like, you're a real fucking hip dude, you know, <laughs> but grab my wayfarers. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like it, you're cool in the fact that you can just respect other people and you can just, you know, just be nice. Yes. Like that, that, that should really be the word nice instead of cool. It, there's, there's a wrestling thing that I follow and it says, just don't be a dick. It, it, it's literally, that's, that's what the disclaimer is when you start off watching it. Just don't be a dick. It's the truth. I mean, it, and it, and it seems like a, it seems like a stretch for a lot of people these days. Um, but yeah, we, we're really just about the food. It's there, there's no bullshit. Mm-hmm. There's no pretense. Um, and I think that is a benefit that I have of not having a traditional culinary yeah. school education. Um, I'm not married to all the ideas of, um, what it's supposed to be. Yeah. No, um, I always think there's a um, couple years back, uh, Daft Punk, one of my very favorite bands in the world. Um, they released their Random Access Memories, and there's a. It's basically music over a monologue by uh, Giorgio Moro, yeah. and he talks about his lack of training and his lack of technical knowledge in the music industry and what things were supposed to be. So when you throw out everything that you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. and you start from where doing what you want to do and what you like to do, you, I think that you wind up with a huge advantage over people that have a very rigid structure as to what they think needs to happen. Totally. Um, 
so I, and I, I went over your menu. I'm skipping ahead a little bit cause I'm going to go back into, cause I, I don't want to leave this point. So I read over your menu and obviously, and you've touched on it there, your menu pays homage to various styles of barbecue. And I'm getting that that's an intentional, like uh, an intentional move. Do you have a favorite style that you prefer to, to eat over one or what is like one that kind of pops for you? It's like, I really like that one because I'm really into vinegar or I'm really into that dry rub. So, so what is that for you? To me, it's the Eastern Carolina vinegar style. Um, it's the, it's the style that's closest to my heart just because I spent many summers in, you know, in in coastal Carolina and, um, you know, going down to the outer banks and stuff like that. And, you know, kill devil Hills and yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, you're in the outer banks, your barbecues life down there and this stuff is ridiculous. Um, and I was lucky enough to, you know, after going there a couple times a year and, you know, year after year after year with my folks and then with you know like my family and everything you you create relationships with these people and they teach you little things here and there and like i wouldn't say i have any type of formal education in it but i have a lot of hours of bullshitting over Bud light and you know so yeah i think it's just my favorite also because there's a there is a vinegar tradition on the eastern shore of maryland Mm -hmm. um it's not very popular it's not very well known uh my friend scott from big bad wolf barbecue he knows a lot about it he grew up in that culture um he kind of taught me about it and and i you know kind of sought it out um and found out that it was pretty awesome so yeah the whole vinegar whole vinegar style thing is my deal yeah i uh i think sometimes when you're able to have either the resources or the access to really experiment. And that's what I'm kind of gathering from your, your on the, on the job kind of like development or what have you. It's like, I'm doing it and I'm learning it as I do it. Like, Oh, that works for this. And I'm going to take my own notes. I'm going to figure this out on my own and, you know, kind of get those resources. And I've run into it. Like I've done the smoking thing for probably like the last year and changed. Like I got one of those trigger joints and I was like, all right. And I've run into a butcher shop. So we have this, um, my girlfriend, I have this big ass, like 90 pound sheeper doodle. And I was like, I'm going to get a damn leg, like a cow leg and smoke it for this dog. And he's going to be my best friend. And that's the move. That's, that's the move. And it's just like, out of yeah. just experimenting and just playing with it and having that confidence that, Oh, something that is not necessarily for me, but it's like, I know that I can do that based on just those hours of being around it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, the, the good thing about, you know, barbecue is that it's pretty universal, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just a, it's, it's a style applied to really any food. So, you know, if you want to do, you know, especially with smoking, mm-hmm. you want to smoke something, easy just do it yeah. you know like throw that shit in there get the you know get the smoke rolling throw whatever you want in there and give it a shot who knows it might work it might not but the fun is in the process you know absolutely. That's, yeah absolutely and i feel like the, and i feel like the process is accessible mm-hmm. and it's even more accessible now like the, like triggers come out and they have like the pellet grills and stuff like pellet grills up until maybe five years ago they were like an industry only thing like there wasn't a consumer level pellet grill available anywhere and then all of a sudden like oh whoa this makes it totally easy like anybody can do it yeah (laughs) i mean like i think like once once i had that it was kind of the starting point to pursue these kind of other areas and i just remember my girlfriend looking at she's like you're gonna be one of these smoke guys aren't you i was like look man it's a lifestyle man she's like you smell (laughs) like hickory i was like let me let me live man and uh 
<laughs> Literally, it's just like, I'm going to do a smoked grilled cheese. It's like, will you stop? <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is that it's, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's, it's a, uh, it's a primal thing, I think, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, men and women alike. Absolutely. You get that smoke rolling. You get those proteins going. Yeah. Man, that smell, the whole thing. Oh my god! And it's just a, it's just a different thing. Like um, for for me, I, I I'm I'm kind of the more adventurous eater, the the cowboy, as I like to describe it, when within my circle of friends and within my family. So if I'm like, yeah, I do these. Um, my specialty is a it's a Japanese style smoked crab cake, and. That that's that's where I'm at these days, and just being kind of a little bit of a food snob, but also being a person that it's like let me try different things and just work to perfect it. And now that's a request. It's like, look, I know that sounded really weird. It's atypical. There's no ove in it. Yo, let me get that. I mean, I'm gonna need that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. And you know, you once it, like barbecue is a great thing because it can instill confidence in you pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, the failures are never that bad. Like they, like they say, you know, there's, you know, the sex and pizza are, are, you know, there's, there's really no bad version, you know, of of either, you know? So it's one of those things that barbecues like that, you know, even if you, even if you mess something up, there's something you can still do with it. You, you know, you roach a brisket, you know, like you cook it too long and it gets dried out. Sweet. Chop that bitch up and put it in some beans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, Whatever you can do, all kinds of shit like that, and, and, and I think that I think that demystifies and gives gives people that may not have had the confidence to try new things the confidence to you know at least get back in the game and you know try something else. It, it makes me go out there and try like uh, like I will go to what JBGBs and see different cuts of meat. It's like let me try mm-hmm. this out. Whereas if I may not have had that smoke or to your point had that confidence, I wouldn't have even ventured into. Oh, let me get that pork belly and do something with that. Oh, John, throw that in there too. And just kind of going through it. Oh, baseball steak. Hell yeah. Let's get it. And learning about different cuts. So because, you know, food, food is the thing that's of interest to me and having different conversations with chefs and, and so on. Um, it's like, yeah, I need to get this chef's nice. Oh, where can I get this butcher block and having informed conversations now? Yeah. So I, I read that is some of the press you've gotten like locally has been really good. You're a city paper finalist, RIP to the city paper. Um, and, yeah, man, yeah. and being nationally, if not internationally recognized on, on triple D speak on um, the importance of being, being supported for what you do and how does support and encourage, what does support and encouragement look like for you? So, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that, the type of person that is going out and deciding on a somewhat public life, you know, on a, on a life where you're criticized, you know, I mean, not that people are out to, you know, give it, give you the business because, you know, they hate you or whatever, but just, you know, we are, people are critical of what people in the food industry do. Um, So to me, like the support is very important you know, on a core level from family. Yeah. That's what, I mean, like my wife, she's like, she's my number one. She's my ride or die. She's the best human being I know. Um, and she supports me in ways that I didn't even know I needed. Um, you know, she'll come out of the box with something and just be you know, just lay a line on me about how, you know, she thinks that I can do something that maybe I think I can. Yeah. And then I'm like, damn, you're right. I am awesome. <laughs> you know, it's that whole, like, you know, like smacking the door, like at Notre Dame, you know, as you're going out and <laughs> saying like, yeah, let's do it. Oh yeah. But you know, it's, it's, 
to me, support is like that. It's, 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 I guess it's like two levels. You know, you, you always want the support of the people that you care about the most, you know, the, your best friends, your, your, your children, your parents, your wife, husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other level of it for me is the people that show up every day when we open, you know, like that support is really, is, is really important not only just for the obvious financial reasons, but any one person, like I'm, I'm very, I'm very fortunate in the fact that the people that I surround myself with are not afraid to tell me if they don't like something I'm doing. Um, I wasn't, if things were not always that way with the people that I hung, out, hung around. Um, I hung around a lot of yes people, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that doesn't do anybody any favor. Right. So, I'm very fortunate that I've got that going on. So it's nice to have everything that they say reinforced by the results of people coming in or not coming in, you know, when, when people, you know, when I, I might mouth off online on a, on a post or something and drop some F bombs in an Instagram video and, you know, I lose 500 followers because of it or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, they, they put it in perspective they, you know, they, they're just like, don't worry about it. They weren't, you know, they, you don't have to worry about those people anyway. Those likes don't mean anything. They're not, social media isn't real. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't magically translate to dollars, yeah. you know? So having people in your corner to, to support your dream like that and, and to give you the real rundown on, you know, how they think you're doing is, is beyond valuable and you can't buy it. Yeah. You know, you just, it's one of those things that has to be given. I talk about, um, having i guess evangelists like i don't care about having like this mythical number of i'm getting a hundred thousand downloads or anything along those lines those are usually not real uh and it's reinforced by social media and all of that different stuff but i think having people who are you know like 10 15 100 or whatever like kind of ride or die people that are supporting you whether it be buying merch whether it be commenting on a post whether it be sharing it with someone that's those are the people that you look for not this kind of um this kind of like faux reinforcement that that's theirs like oh yeah you go man oh here's a like it's like i used to i used to say don't like my shit share my shit you know like it's that yeah get the message out man i know you like it or we wouldn't be friends (laughs) yeah oh yeah you're already following me. Like, <laughs> I'm going to take for granted that you pretty much like what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> Get, put the message on the street. So what are, what are three to four or two to three, probably two to three, let's go two to three, two to three traits. Someone should have, if they want to be successful or as a pit master. Um, well, that's tough, man, because I would say universally, I would say that universally, um, you should definitely be lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you should and, and I don't mean that in the in the classical sense of lazy in the sense that someone doesn't want to do work because if work in a pit is anything it's a damn job mm-hmm. you know it's, it's it's no bullshit yeah. um I mean lazy in the sense of um I guess patient yeah. is a, is a better word you're 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 okay and you're totally content with just waiting for something to happen you know you don't need a big you know bells and whistles going off the whole time and you know a million things going on you can just wait and it'll be fine yeah. um i think that that's a huge thing um yeah patience and just um being able to be uh one of those people that keeps notes yeah 
Like I've got these, I keep these little yellow pads all over the place. And I got, I've always, almost always got one in my back pocket and I got this old school thing. Yep. I this old thing, school thing called a pan. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't a stylus. It ain't a, you know, it don't, you know, it barely ever runs out of ink, but keeping notes on what you do in any type of cooking mm-hmm. is so important because it lets you know what you were doing. And then once you're done, you can judge what you did and make your adjustments from there on out. And you can make accurate adjustments. You can't be like, oh man, did I use two tablespoons of this, two teaspoons of this? I can't, yeah. you know. It's just notes. I mean, that's that's a big one. But yeah, just patience and being able to take some notes, be good. That and being able to make a good espresso. That's a that's a good one because <laughs> you know, four in the morning sometimes comes around and you start hitting that low, you might want to fall asleep. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of it. I, I think I have three of those trades. I think I'm well on my way to um, to to go into the the pitmaster situation. I need to pay my tuition to U, YouTube University, but uh, you know, checks in the mail, checks in the mail. So, so when was the last time you've had someone else's barbecue besides your own? Uh, and is there a chef or pitmaster that you really admire that you're like, you know, I like what they do. I think I can learn something from them, or I like watching them cook, or, or whatever that situation looks like for you. Um, I would say, uh, let's see, there is one place that I like to go consistently. Like I like to try new barbecue places. Like if there's a barbecue place in town that opens up, I'll be, you know, one of the first people through the door. Um, but there, like my go-to consistently is Hill Country mm-hmm. in Washington, DC. Um, it is really, honestly, it's a, it's a chain, which is sad, but it's a chain done right. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of locations. Um, they are, you know, a central Texas style, like it's a market style. You walk up and you order by the pound and by the quart pint or whatever. And, um, it is just consistently good. It's just really good. <laughs> the atmosphere is great there. They have live music, the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I really like, I really like those guys. They're, they're great. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I don't really have any one particular like person that, um, that I look up to or, or really even admire for the way that they cook. Mm-hmm. Um I guess, I mean, I've got a level of respect for anyone that does barbecue just because I know how difficult it yeah. is. Um, so, like, the, when, when people come out with, like, I use, you know, I use modern electric and gas smokers, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, if I told people that in Central Texas, they'd have my head rolling down the street <laughs> in about a few seconds. Um, but it's the reality of the marketplace. You have to have certain things automated, I think, to survive. Yeah. Um, but like when guys um, like George over at uh, over at Heritage Smokehouse, when dudes like him are like, "Hey, we're going to get this enormous thousand gallon smoker from Primitive Pits. That's a total stick feed. You know, it's old school yeah. as it gets. I mean, it is caveman shit. <laughs> um, I I mean, I have massive amounts of respect for that because I can't wrap my head around how it works. Right. You know, it just it makes no sense to me. But if they can make it work, yeah. man, they got my they got my respect for the life. It's, it's one of those things that I throw around in conversation. It's like degree of difficulty. It's like, oh, so this is what you're choosing. Got it. Okay, I know it's going to be fire because you are putting in the work. 
Exactly. And that's the thing, man. You know, people are just like, oh, what if somebody comes out with something better than yours? Fucking great. Fantastic. I'm in line. Yeah, if somebody doesn't want someone else to come out with something better, they're too they're, they're too lazy to be in the business. Yeah. Like I want somebody to come out with something better than mine. Yeah. Because I want to try to have to go back to the kitchen and be like, oh really? Well, let me show you something about yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Um, this is the last question that I have before. I get into my rapid fire questions. Uh, so the last question, uh, do you have a signature dish or favorite dish that you enjoy like cooking? Yeah, man, my mac and cheese. I love making it. Okay. I mean, it's just, it, it's just mac and cheese. It's nothing crazy, but it's only like with the noodles and everything. I think it's like six ingredients and uh, it, it is consistently like wins number one at competitions. It, it, it like on the food truck we would go through on a typical lunch pre-covid yeah. we would go through between 40 and 60 pounds in two hours oh shit <laughs> yeah and those are half pound servings you're, you're selling tickets so, here you're selling the ticket here for this mac and cheese yeah the mac and cheese is bomb it is really good um i always i i knew it was good <laughs> when I was, I would set up in, uh, when I would set up at the, uh, at Harbor place down in McKeldon Plaza yeah. and there were about a half a dozen, um, older black ladies that would come down to me and order that shit by the court. Yeah. And they'd be like, I'm taking this home for the weekend. I got people coming over. I'm like, <laughs> like damn, like, that's crazy. They like, don't like, look, I won't tell them you got it for me. And it's like, like, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it was like you know like i i understand my place yeah. in barbecue like i understand and and respect the fact that it's that it is a uh it, it it's a afro latin tradition yeah. from the jump mm -hmm. and i know where it comes from and i've done everything i can to learn everything about that that part of the history and i get it man like I know that I'm the big biker looking white boy, you know, making the soul food and all that shit. But when <laughs> people, but when the people that are, I think, culturally responsible for the food, mm -hmm. you know, kind of are like, they keep showing up and keep showing up to me. It's a huge point of pride. Yeah. You know, like I, I always say like to other pit masters and stuff, I'm just like, all right, you might have the long line, but how many little black ladies you got in your line? <laughs> Cause if you don't have at least 40, you ain't shit. <laughs> Not to me. It's like ah, it just, it's almost like uh, getting those uh, those 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 badges as a Boy Scout. It is, well, you know, it's it's like you look. I can I can make a line pop up wherever I want, man. Yeah. Like that's cool because there's going to be forty you know, fifty like you know twenty early twenty something hipsters standing in line with a Tecate in their hand, uh, <laughs> you know, waiting for their you know like five pounds of whatever meats they're going to buy and eat a pound and a half of because they're too skinny anyway. You know, like when you have even just older people yeah. coming out and waiting. Cause they know what the quality is. Exactly. They ain't got time. They ain't got time to mess around <laughs> with experimentation. They want the good shit now. They're going to die soon. Do you have any jackfruit? Like, no <laughs> jackfruit. <laughs> Jack off. Get out of here. Let me check the back of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, now that we got that out of the way, here's, it's time for the real stuff. Here's my rapid fire questions. And the way that these rapid fire questions work is, um, and, and emphasis on fire because barbecue, um, it's essentially 
I said what I said. There's no additional context needed. If whatever your answer is, that's your answer. So um, an example might be, what's your favorite movie? If you want to go into an interesting story about it, cool. Want to add extra detail? Cool. But not necessary. All right. First one I got. Uh, what is the most surprising barbecue dish you've eaten? Um, honestly, barbecue jackfruit. <laughs> okay. It, was I was doing a pilot for, I was filming a pilot for Discovery Channel. Yeah. And uh, we went and interviewed David and his wife over at Blue Pit. And we did the jackfruit yeah. on a fucking gluten-free roll, I might add. Oh, no. On, <laughs> but I will tell you, I mean, I wish I had, I wish I could show you the reaction on my face when I ate that thing. I was just like, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is really, really good. <laughs> like, but yeah, that was the most surprising thing that I had. I mean, it blew my mind. I've had a bite of that before. When we go there, that's what my girl gets because uh, she's a pescatarian. So it's just like, oh, right. they have jackfruit. Oh, she's like, this is like pulled pork. I was like, hmm. I had to try it. I was like, I was going to call Cap and I was like, all right, moving on. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> burnt ends or pulled pork? Burnt ends. I, I see on your menu. Uh, <laughs> I think it was on your video. Uh, PBJ pulled PBJ uh, pulled pork. Uh, yep. Oddest food or drink you've smoked? Is that the oddest one? Like I, you know, what is that artist thing that comes to mind? Like this is off. This is just like out of left field. The weirdest thing I've smoked, man. I mean, I, I was okay. Um, so the the strangest thing that I've done, I think, is um, I used to when I first kind of got into this, I started um, smoking a lot of spices. Mm. Like I would take, I would get whole spices and smoke them and then grind them or whatever, you know, and process them cool. or use them whole if you needed to, whatever. Um, and it was strange at the time because no one was doing that. Um, now this is like seven or eight years ago. And it was really funny because the, when I started doing that, um, McCormick spices actually took notice and they had me come out and do a demonstration for a thing that I didn't know what it was. It's a, it's a, it's an, an event called the flavor forecast. Oh. Um, and they do it every year and they select their flavor of the year. Yeah. Um, and what it's going to be, is it going to be umami is spice is salt, sugar, whatever. Um, that year it was smoke. And I did a presentation to 24 of some of the highest Michelin rated chefs in the world. Oh yeah. Like people flown in from Japan, Sweden, Africa, everywhere. And I had no idea <laughs> that that's what this was. I literally, they hired me to cater a lunch <laughs> and they were like, can you talk about this stuff too? And I was like, okay. Like the day before I'm like, okay, I'll bring a bunch of this stuff. And all these chefs are like, can I get some of that spice? I'm going to try it on this dish that I make, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then I started looking some of these guys up and I was like, holy shit, these guys are the beans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. Favorite wood to smoke? Um, Texas post oak. My favorite. That's my standby. Ooh, no, no, no trade secrets here, obviously. What is the base, uh, base of a good spice rub? Hmm. I would say a, a, I would say a really good quality chili powder. Mm. Um, it's just a great, it's just a great base flavor to have. It's a little smoky anyway. Um, it's not spicy. It's not 
in your face. It's just a nice base to start. Okay. And this is the last one I have for you. This is why I just added in because see, th- this is how I determine whether someone's going to be my friend or not, because if the answer <laughs> is wrong and then it's just like, all right, this has been great. Bye. But if the answer is right, it's like, all right, cool. Get, let's get deeper into this question. Um, cornbread or white bread? Oh man. So <laughs> this is a, this is a difficult question because the, the answer is both. Um, it's uh, I would say for, for brisket, ribs, pulled pork, yeah. I would say white bread. Okay. That's just the way it's done. It stops it, yeah. Um, I would say for like any types of like chili or any types of like, uh, like if you made like a burgoo or if you made, uh, you know, any type of stew, any type of stuff like that, yeah. do cornbread all the way. I mean, I like a good cornbread, yeah. but... I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to like the white bread thing. That's legit. That's an acceptable answer as well. Articulated. I'm, I am a man that enjoys cornbread. So I, I jump to it if it's there, but yeah, I've, I've seen the merits, especially with, um, there've been instances where I've gotten like full, like jerk chicken. And it's just like, it has like eight slices of white bread. I'm just like, all right, that goes with that. That's just there. So I I get it. Yeah. All right. Yep. So that's pretty much all of the questions that I have, but I want to invite you to um, plug away website, social media, all of that good stuff. Where can people check you out and get some of that good food? <laughs> we are. Um, so we're the smoking swine uh, across all social media platforms. Um, we have a, uh, we have a spot in Brooklyn down in South Baltimore uh, called the Hanover. We're doing live music and beers and velvet paintings and really strong, really big tiki drinks and, uh, you know, just having a lot of fun there. Uh, it's kind of a catch all for the misfits of Baltimore. <laughs> we, we like to have weirdos, miscreants and ne'er-do-wells <laughs> stop by whenever possible. Um, and one of the great things also is, uh, Diablo donuts is there right there with us. So, you know, you have one building that has donuts, barbecue and beer, <laughs> live music. And, you know, I mean, come on, you, you really can't do much better than that. And friend, friends of the network, friends of the network, friends of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's definitely a, a place that I'll be visiting, visiting very well, returning to very, very soon. So I'm going to wrap up there. Um, thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. So for Drew Promfrey, I am Rob Lee saying that there is food in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Mm